Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of I'm Not Sold. I'm Joshua, and today I have Roxana back with us here for another visit. Hi! Well, here we are. I think the topic today is going to be, it is a bad time to buy. Now, I know where I stand on this. Let me ask you real quick. Are you sold on that? No. You're not sold? <laughs> I'm not. I think this is a great time to buy, and I will definitely go into it. You know what? I'm inclined to agree with you on that. <laughs> We've got a lot of feedback from all directions, and let's talk about it. Yeah, so I, I think everybody should be buying real estate right now. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Let's hear your reasons. <laughs> okay, so the first reason would definitely be uh, the reduced pricing in, in the market. Prices are coming down, that's yeah. for sure. Um, and then we have the seller's concessions yep. that can be used to offset the higher interest rates. Um, by So I have a program right, no, right now called the Temporary Rate Buy-Down Program. Hit me, and what is it? It's basically where you use seller's concessions and seller's concessions at no cost to the actual borrower um, in order to buy down the interest rate. So for people that under, don't understand the word concessions, I think of food because I like food when I think of concessions. Of course. <laughs> but that's basically free money coming from the people that are selling the house, right? Correct. That's very true. So we can call it, uh, that's concessions. We can call it just free money. Yeah. And I know there's certain limits. I'm not allowed to say with certainty what they are. I know what they are, but I need to hear it from you. So different loan types, you've got conventional loan. You're allowed to get how much concessions back on something like that? Do you know the number? So on a conventional loan, you're looking at 3%. Okay. Um, VA, you're looking at 4%. And FHA, you're looking at 6%. I knew she'd have the answer Of the purchase price. <laughs> Let her go. And that's a lot of money. So if we're talking on a $400,000 house, you've got $12,000 that's coming out of your pocket that can go towards some of your prepaids and like she was saying this temporary buy down where you're getting oh i'm spoiling it for yeah let's hear it okay so the temporary buy, buy down program basically it uses part of those sellers concessions to buy down the interest rate for the first two years of the transaction um it is a um a 30-year fixed mortgage so it's not an adjustable rate mortgage and basically like let's say we qualify you at a seven and a quarter so now your interest rate for the first year is going to be a five and a quarter. And then for the second year, it'll be a six and a quarter. And then going forward from um, year three to 30, you're looking at uh, your regular seven and a quarter. But the whole incentive is to get you refinanced out of that because, well, you marry the house and you date the rate and the market's always going up and down. So, you know, not nobody hardly ever keeps an interest rate for 30 years anymore yeah i think the stat is a handful of years five or six maybe refi or you're probably going to sell maybe you decide you want a bigger house or right. in some cases a smaller house yeah. or you want to move out of state who knows that's true stuff happens i believe the um the time frame on that is basically four to five years okay yeah as far as like that. refinancing or selling or like stuff happens all the time mm -hmm. yeah uh, let's see. So another reason is the higher inventory. So you have obviously more houses to pick from, which is wonderful because that was not the case a year ago. True story. I yeah. mean, I can recall not too long ago showing three houses and saying, pick one or else they're all gone. And right. five minutes later, they were all on our contract. So you didn't have the option to shop around a little bit, find different house that maybe works a little better than this one. Right. Now you can go out, you can show three or four houses the next day. Those are still in the market. So if you still want them, hey, guess what? Now we can negotiate prices. We right. can get all these free, I call it candy. We're going to get candy back <laughs> from the seller, all this free money that we can use to offset some of our expenses. So awesome time. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. So another reason would be um, basically the rates are still increasing. The Fed has come out and said, hey, we're not stopping increasing interest rates until we get down to 2% inflation rate. I don't and trust the government. <laughs> right now, we're sitting pretty at about an 8.625. CPI numbers do come out tomorrow. tomorrow <laughs> Wednesday the 13th. Wednesday the 13th. October 13th. Not sure when this podcast is going to be scheduled to come out, but yeah. I'm it's, sure it's inflation right rate will still be pretty high. And so they will definitely continue increasing rates until we get to a 2%. Is we there got a any, far way to go. Are there all the professionals out there and the economists, are they saying where interest rates are going to land? Are they speculating a certain number? Right now we're looking at at least one and another quarter percent before the end of the year. But you know, that changes. As CPI numbers come out, they change. Do you think we'll hit 10%? Before the end of the year? No, no, no. Just in general, in the next year and a half, two years. Gosh, that's so hard to tell. I think we're definitely probably going to get at least an eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. Retail lenders right now, we're looking at about a seven, seven and a quarter, seven and a half. And that's with someone that's got like a 700 FICO score. Um, wholesale channel, we're definitely more in the sixes just because we um, have a little bit better pricing. So interest rate eight and a half percent. I mean, what's the national standard over the last thirty years? National average over the last thirty years. Do you have that number in front of you? Uh, yeah. So the fifty-year average. Fifty-year. Yes, it's a seven point seven eight percent. So yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, we're. Not, it's not terrible. And yeah. if you put everything in one big picture and you factor in the fact that prices are coming down, it's money here or money there. Uh, excuse me, money now or money later. So you're you're paying the same prices. It's just spent a little differently. So. Uh, no reason to be afraid of interest rates when prices are coming down. Now, if prices were through the roof and interest rates were through the roof, we might be having a different conversation here. I Yes, I completely agree with you. But opportunities are aplenty, and I think it is everybody that is looking to purchase should be entertained the idea of at least getting a pre-qualification in front of them and setting themselves up for the option to purchase a home. Let's talk about the pre-qualification process. How's yeah, that sound? <laughs> sure. This is your bread and butter over here. So it sure is. <laughs> as a broker, my job is to go out and find these, uh, we'll call them victims. We get all these. Victims? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not my victims. We put them in your spider web so you can run their, <clears throat> draw their blood and take their application and run their credit and all that. So the first thing that you do when I make the introduction <clears throat> and I put someone in front of you, what do you do? So I dig into their past, basically, <laughs> their financial it. past. Super spy. I uh, ask very um, confidential information. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I get the basics like, you know, when's your birthday, um, your social, which is definitely something that I need in order to pull their credit. Um, the reason why I need to look at their credit is to determine their um, liabilities and that will tell me exactly your debt to income ratio and how much house you can afford basically um, and then we look at um, two years worth of um, basically uh, your employment income. history yeah income and employment history yes and I know that's a very very big blanket statement there because some people are self-employed some people have very unique income situations and it's gonna be on a case-by-case -case basis so I guess we're just talking about the general everyday w-2 employee in this case right so yeah two years worth two years of history. okay and as long as you're within the same industry even if you've been hopping around from job to job but within the same industry then you're good to go yeah sure now 
Oh, I had a question for you, but it slipped my brain. Oh, I remember. So all this stuff, all their applications, all this private information that they're providing to you, it's all on a secure, it's all online, right? For the most part. Yeah, it's in a very secure so database. So it's not like you're, yeah. um, you know, writing it down on a scratch note and just throwing it away in the dumpster at the library or something like that. So no, that would um, go against respiratory regulations and God mm-hmm. knows how many other laws. <laughs> I'm sure some people out there are doing business that way, but everything is online. Everything is safe. So when you run an application, it's really just a clip of a couple, a click of a couple of buttons, and then all this information goes in front of you, and that's when you start digging, right? Right. Yes. Okay. And no. no, I do not judge anyone's past. There's pretty much nothing that I haven't seen on a credit report before. You know, I want to believe you, but I feel like <laughs> sometimes you open up your file and you say, damn, what happened over here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, that that can happen. However, that's not something to be terrified of because as a mortgage lender, there aren't situations I haven't seen. And by looking at them, I can tell you exactly the roadmap to... Um, getting in order to basically obtain a home yeah. better than you just sitting there shooting in the dark sure and yeah. you call that part of your not the rapid rescore but they put you on a projection of getting your credit back on track and let's talk about bankruptcies too because it's a common thing a lot of people think oh i have a bankruptcy on my credit from 10 years ago i can't do anything which is completely false i i agree yeah so if someone wanted to get just let's just take the scenario of a standard conventional loan they have a bankruptcy from 10 years ago what what obstacles are they looking at to get a loan so none none from 10 years ago it doesn't count you don't have to like write up an essay and explain what happened with your money not from 10 years ago no okay. only what's in the last the, seven years seven years yeah. and then what's the uh what's the seasoning on a loan or something like that because it's up to like three years right since it since the um bankruptcy was so it all so. depends on the different loan program like va so you guys i don't know what i'm it's talking two about years this is her job <laughs> Um, uh, for the VA is two years conventional. I want to say it's three FHA. Um, I believe three as well. Okay. Yeah. So if anybody out there wanted to buy a house and you got a bankruptcy on you, listen to the information. It's not too far out of the park. Even if you're two years out from your bankruptcy, let's get it started because we can only dial in your program to get you an even better rate and set you up for success when it is time to get that going. Yeah. So one other thing that I'd like to add to that is, I am currently working with a client who actually had a bankruptcy within the last two years. And we reached out to the underwriters and basically had them do some letter of explanations to where we were able to get them approved for a loan whenever they had their bankruptcy about a year and like a half, okay. a year and a half. Yeah. So on the government loans, like the VA and the FHA, those aren't as strict as the conventional ones. So we can kind of explain it away, especially if they're in a way better Uh, financial stance right now so you can actually put in the human component and be a little bit more reasonable yes it will have to be manually underwritten um as then it won't pass automatic underwriting but that's something that we can certainly do and how many lenders do you suppose are actually taking that extra step and looking into things like that i think you might be one of the only ones that are saying i have a problem i have a solution for your problem you might be right yeah well i just know you take (laughs) care of your people and i most certainly do i will go the extra mile (laughs) Okay. Um, I think people know, need to know about the steps to purchasing. Prequalification is just the first. And once they're prequalified, that's when they actually meet up with one of my agents. They send them out there, go shopping. We go on our contract, we do all the negotiations, we get it signed in blood on a piece of paper. What do you do from there? I mean, your job's not over by any stretch of the imagination. That's when you actually get to work. 
So you've got to submit the um, you've got to submit their contract as well as begin their loan process. Do you right, send that everything off to your processor? To so yes, my processor will take over and they will verify everything on the 1003, which is the application. Okay. And then everything goes to the underwriter and the underwriter will basically approve the file. And then that's when after they're approved. Or they'll um, say you need to fix this, 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 and this. Right. Um, yes. And then they'll let us know and my processor and then my processor will contact the borrower and then they will start clearing conditions basically. Okay. Yeah. Clearing conditions is a good thing. Uh, I do know from experience that a lot of people, once they get to this process, they think, hey, I have a house now. I'm done. I'm going to go buy all this furniture for my brand new house. And that garage, that third car I got, I'm going to go throw a BMW in there. So let's talk about the do's and don'ts. I know you got a list of them. Yeah, let's not do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the contract isn't over until you literally have your keys in your hand. Yep. Don't go out buying anything. Don't go making any crazy um life changes mm -hmm. um you don't want to change your or anything like situation. that don't run up your credit cards it's best to pay off your debt like your credit card debt whatever like loans installments because it improves your credit score what about opening a new credit card definitely not so okay. that can drop your fico and we do continuously check it all throughout the procedure um, throughout the loan process, we check your employment again. So please stay employed. <laughs> Don't quit your job. <laughs> we do verify that several times throughout the um, process of clearing conditions. And then we do look at all of your liabilities and make sure that you're not taking out additional loans or you're running up your credit cards or doing something crazy, basically, while you're trying to purchase a home. And I'm sure you've ran into a couple of scenarios where a loan was good the house was going to be theirs and all of a sudden we get this little tick from the underwriter, underwriter that says hey what happened over here what's this new credit card has that happened to you i can't say it has oh so you're pretty good about yeah hammering down. i have told my clients hey you, you should know, start like, just sending tell them send me your credit card so i can cut them up so you can't <laughs> use them well <laughs> yeah um not ideal <laughs> i don't know that i mean people do trust me with a lot of their personal information but i i don't want your guys's credit cards <laughs> well we don't want you spending stuff either because that's stressful for everybody then we got to find money and we have to negotiate even more to get money from the sellers and we do our best but sometimes there's just not enough to go around so um the uh, hmm, sorry i'm Stuttering on my words here. <laughs> no worries. The uh, the steps to purchasing, we've got your pre-qualification, shopping, get under contract, goes into processing, and the actual funding of the loan, the closing, the recording of escrow. How long does that process take? So I'd say on average 14 to 20 days, depending on, because, okay, so when it comes to um, pur purchasing a home, there's a lot of third party moving pieces mm -hmm. and like I can do my job very easily, but there's like appraisals, there's inspections, there's, you know, title companies and like all, all these people have their day-to-day -day businesses and I can't control everybody in the transaction. Sure. Um, and then it could be a holiday or something, but on average, I'd say, um, 14, 14 days to 20 days. Mm -hmm. Now there have been instances where our appraisal gets waived and we don't need one. So That's that like means the best case scenario, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that means basically we don't need to schedule an appraisal and wait on them to go out there and do the appraisal and then get their appraisal report and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and with those, I'd say we've had one recently close and clear to close in 10 days. 
Yeah, ten yeah. day transaction. That was a pretty sweet one. Yeah. And <laughs> the home buyers were kind of they they weren't ready to move, but I said, hey, you have a house now, so let's get this done. <laughs> That's true. That reminds me, um, one of my next podcasts, I'm gonna bring a appraiser in here because I have a real bone to pick with those guys. I gotta know what takes them so freaking long to get the report back. They go in there, they take a look around for 13 seconds and say, okay, I'll have it to you next Thursday. What's going on, man? Like, I can tell you exactly what the neighbor sold for and this guy sold for. So that's a conversation I'm going to have with them. I think and on average, our guys have taken maybe like two to three days. I've had some scenarios. Well, during busy season, you know, you get the guy that's got 14 files in front True. of him. Gets a little backed up. Yep. And then the other stickups that I get, which I'm going to, oh, I would love to bring someone in here that's the head of an HOA because I'd love to know how you guys <laughs> sleep at night. Taking all that money, and what do you really provide? I'm going off on a tangent here. I'll, right. sa I'll save it. I'll save it for <laughs> Debbie when she sits across from me. <laughs> hey, it might, uh, might be not a bad idea to bring someone that does homeowner's insurance either. Homeowner's insurance? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll call Jake from State Farm. <laughs> we'll get him in here. Where are you? you listening, Jake? You're going to sit across the table from me. Come do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad you're able to sit down with me and talk about the lending process. A lot of our listeners really have no idea where to start, where it goes, or how to feel about the whole process. Uh, needless to say, they can trust you to get it done, but it makes them feel a little better if they know what's going on every step along the way. So thank you for going over that process with me. Yeah, Is there anything certainly. else that you want to talk about that you do that you're not appreciated for? Because lending is hard and you deal with a lot of, it's like real estate, a lot of emotional stress you have to deal with. You become a little bit of a therapist and you see some of those things on your end too. So we appreciate you. And is there anything else that you want to tell a potential home buyer or someone that's doing a refinance on their home? Is there any other tips you can give them off the cuff? If you don't have anything, that's fine. Just enough through something immediate that you wanted to tell them. Honestly, like I've run across uh, borrowers that kind of freak out at the smallest little things. And I think my best advice is to kind of stay level-headed and calm and not like blow up the situation because it's never like that crazy. Cause, okay, so in their instance, obviously their feelings are involved and there's money and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they react over, uh, like overreact basically on an emotional basis. And most of the time, all these things can be um, logically resolved in a much easier manner if we don't emotionally blow up basically. <laughs> well, I mean, Logic goes completely out the window for some of these people too. Oh, so. yes, it does. <laughs> I've definitely had that happen and that's where I become a therapist. So yes, you are correct. And then you answer one question uh, 17 times and then the 18th time you say, you know what? I'll answer it one more, but that's it. Okay, well, I've never done that. I will definitely answer it as many times as I need to. I won't. I'll say, hey, refer to your notes because I sent you a text message like a week ago with the same thing and then three days ago, you know. I'm just playing. <laughs> it's all, all we're trying to say is we understand it's a stressful situation and she's going to do her best to maintain that and make it as easy as possible. So, well, thanks for coming on. This of has course. been season two, Thank episode, you for me. episode three. Love and this being is your, here. your second visit and we're going to have you on yes. again. Uh, for anybody listening, name of the podcast is I'm not sold. Feel free to follow Roxana. She has an, uh, loans with rocks. <laughs> That's your Instagram handle. Yep, it is. And then I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Lots of ways to contact her. Her information will be at the bottom. But if you want to follow us even deeper, follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you can think of. Just Google Shoal Homes and like and subscribe to this podcast, to the channel. And we got plenty more coming for you. Thank you and have a Thank wonderful you. evening. Bye. Love you.